Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl who finally finished her Dragon Age Origins playthrough, and then immediately started her bro run. Can't keep Jen away from the Milky Way. And I'm Vervada, the girl who is wondering, are you planning on romancing the subject of today's episode? Ooh, no. I will say oh. that now. For my bro run? Yeah, no, it's because I'm going Miranda. I want the Miranda experience. Yeah. (laughs) And, as always, we get up close and personal, which each of our character breakdowns. Today's character details span over Mass Effect 1 and 2. If you are looking for a spoiler-free zone, sorry, lovelies, you are in the wrong place. So, here's your fucking spoiler alert. Thanks, Sam. And cheers, friend. Let's go behind the veil and look into the heart and soul of today's romance. Talizora Naraya from Mass Effect 2. I am Clanzora, crew of the starship Nima, and you are an idiot. I love Tally. Talizora Naraya is a Korian and the daughter of Railzora, a member of the Admiralty Board of the Korian Migrant Fleet. Though young, Tally is a mechanical genius, and when you first meet her in 2183, she is on her pilgrimage, basically the rite of passage into full adulthood for Aquarians. The idea is to leave the safety of the flotilla and not return until you've found something of value to bring back to their people. This could be a new ship, some upgrades for existing tech, or in Tally's case, data pulled from the Geth that can help the Aquarians defend themselves. Now, we're assuming you have background knowledge on the Aquarians, but I'll refresh your memory on the important bits that are needed for context. So, the Geth are a race of synthetic robots that physically resemble Quarians, because the Quarians created them around the same time that the American Civil War was about to go down. That's in the late 1850s for you non-Americans. The Geth were upgraded and improved to the point that they gained full artificial intelligence status around 1883. Insane. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) fearing their creation, 
the Quarians attacked. It's crazy to think how farther advanced the rest of the Milky Way galaxy species are. Right. They're like, we've had this shit for decades, for hundreds of years. And then, you know, in the 1960s, humans are like, let's go to our moon. Totally random yeah. tangent. But I've, and mm. we can talk about this on Thane's episode. But we were researching along the timeline and the Drell were introduced as a citadel species in the 1980s. So while we were still dancing around in parachute pants, the Drell made their way to the citadel. Crazy. <laughs> they definitely are all colored just as vibrant as 80s eyeshadow was. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It would have matched. Okay, back to Quarians. So the war between the Quarians and the Geth is called the Morning War to the Geth, and the beginning of when the migrant fleet began for the Quarians. It's interesting that the Geth call it the Morning War. It's morning as in the first part of the day, not as in morning when someone has died. Perhaps they call it this because it happened in the first part of their sapience, like the dawn of their time as fully realized beings. They haven't given us a solid answer thus far, but only about 1% of all Quarians managed to escape the Perseus Vale and the Geth. For the past 300 years, the Quarians have been stuck, surviving on their fleet of old ships, constantly patching, upgrading, and maintaining, all the while their already weak immune systems dwindling to nothing. This is why Tally and every other Quarian must live in an Enviro suit 24-7. Getting a new Enviro suit is a rite of passage for the Quarian. Which is why Tally's changes throughout the franchise as well. On to how we meet Tally in Mass Effect 1. The defining character moment is how a character is introduced to a story in a way that gives you some idea of their personality. Tally's defining character moment is when you help defend herself against Fist's thugs in the alleyway. Quarians are seen as weak, but Tally holds her own and is strong-willed. She slaps the Batarian's wandering hand away and isn't afraid to defend herself. This is seemingly at odds with her young and naive personality. Her soft voice makes you think she doesn't like talking. Tally loves talking, actually. If you've talked to Tally at all during Mass Effect 1, you'll know all about this, as she basically only talks about Corian history and culture. She serves as the info dump on Corians in Mass Effect 1, as she's the only Corian you encounter in that game. Tally just doesn't like to talk about herself. There is a narrative explanation for this lack of character development in Mass Effect 1 as well. Tally is a Quarian, and that means fleet first, self second. Luckily for us, they greatly enhanced her character in Mass Effect 2. Tally is considered a genius, even among Quarians, who are known to be intelligent and extremely knowledgeable when it comes to technology. Makes sense that she'd Hermione Granger at you the whole game. Tally is also a young Quarian, still considered a child amongst her people in Mass Effect 1. Her Enviro suit is plain in comparison to what she's wearing in 2, when she has completed her pilgrimage and become a fully-fledged adult. Her name changed to Tally Zora Vasnima, the name of her new ship. Once Quarians finish their pilgrimage, they present their findings to the captain of their choice, and if accepted, the Quarian now becomes a part of that crew. That's something I found out today was the Nar means child of and Vas means crew of. 
So like Talizora Naraya means Talizora, the child of the Raya. And then mm-hmm. Vasnima is the crew of the Nima. So mm-hmm. like that also symbolizes how she's an adult now too. But Talizora Naraya was a young girl with almost ridiculously overpowered tech skills that discovered herself and life outside the flotilla during Mass Effect 1. This experience, alongside the mentoring from Shepard, allows her to become Talizora Vasnima and to have a much more open mind than most Koreans, which will prove essential in the coming fight against the Reapers. You see, it's extremely forbidden to create artificial intelligence in Citadel space. The Koreans were stripped of their embassy on the Citadel and blacklisted by the other Citadel races as punishment for creating the Geth 300 years ago. The Koreans have been left without a homeworld and without any help for the last 300 years, so it has made them focus inwardly and disregard outside society. This has given Koreans a bad name to other races. They are seen as untrustworthy thieves and beggars, which just reinforces the Koreans' reluctance to trust outsiders. It's a vicious cycle. Other than the pilgrimage, they don't leave the flotilla. This would have proven disastrous to the Koreans during the Reaper War. If it hadn't been for one Korean woman with high emotional intelligence and a big picture outlook. The Koreans have also been distracted with their ongoing war with the Geth. When you reunite with Tally in Mass Effect 2, you meet her in the human colony Freedom's Progress, which has recently been harvested by the collectors. That's yucky. Tally is there searching for a missing Korean, and Shepard is there to investigate the sudden disappearance of every human at the settlement. Turns out the Korean Vitor helps both Tally and Shepard, and after you either send him back to the flotilla or keep him for Cerberus's interrogation, you and Tally part ways again. However, for the sake of our episode, as usual, we assume a Paragon playthrough, which means you allowed Tally to take him for medical treatment. Paragon, just like with Garrus, allows the most um, interactions with Tally and the most growth. So aside from a few dialogue options here or there, overall Paragon choices just usually are better yeah. outcomes. <laughs> like I can pl- like I tend to lean Renegade on most options just because I found that it gets you the same outcome, even if it's not the same way to get there. Mm-hmm. But knowing what happens to Vitor, if you keep him for Cerberus, like that's just evil. Yeah. And no, please no. Ugh. Certain choices for Renegade are straight up dickish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just can't bring myself to do it. Nope. 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 But Tally tells you that she is on an important mission in Geth controlled space for the Migrant Fleet. And turns out it's a mission to find some data about exploding stars. Read the codex on Haystrom if you want more info on that. You meet Tally again on the planet Haystrom, alongside some kick-ass Quarian marines for protection. Unfortunately, the Geth wipe out her marines. Paragon Shepard can help one of her Quarian marines, Cal Rieger, survive, which is something very valuable to Tally, and to me personally. That voice? Oh my god. But the information you find is apparently very important to the fleet also. But the cost is high, leaving Tally bitterly wondering if it was worth it. A lot of Quarians lost their lives here. Was it worth it? I don't know, Shepard. It wasn't my call. The Admiralty Board believed the information here was worth sacrificing all our lives for. I have to believe that they know what's best. I didn't ask what some Admiral thought. I asked what you thought. 
A lot of people died here. Some of them were my friends. All of them were good at their jobs. That damn data better be worth it. The price was too high. It's telling about Tally's character that she immediately deflects to the Admiralty Board when initially asked if the data was worth it. Corians defer to their ship's captains for decisions and other management issues as each ship is like its own state amongst the nation that is the flotilla. This is kind of a play on filial piety or duty to one's parents. Corians are probably the most selfless species in the galaxy and are extremely family first. To Corians, the ultimate authority is the Admiralty Board, but Shepard doesn't run their ship like that. Shepard values every individual's opinions, and this is one major reason Tally is so loyal to Shepard, romanced or not. And just like with Garrus, Tally is the only other squad mate in Mass Effect 1 who trusts Shepard enough to join them during 2 on their mission with Cerberus. This is big for Tally, given the events of the book Mass Effect Ascension, where Cerberus essentially just went into the fleet guns blazing. I recently finished that book, and yeah, Aquarian would absolutely not trust anything Cerberus-related. To add insult to injury, Jacob makes sure to tell Tally to acquaint herself with the ship's onboard AI, aka Edie, to which Tally responds with an impressive death glare. Given how we can barely see her eyes? Seriously? Jacob's like, tact who? We don't know her. I swear Jacob is, we'll get to him. <laughs> right. It's we have a lot be, to say. It's going to be the whole thing all over again. We hate a character to begin with. Then we start to do research. Then we really listen into the dialogue on the romance. And then we end up falling in love with the character and not hating them anymore. <laughs> we'll see. I don't hate Jacob. I just feel like he's, he's what I felt about Caden initially. So he's just boring. Right. But and we'll see. <laughs> we'll see when we get there. Sorry if you love Jacob, everybody. Okay, so not long after Tally boards the Normandy and this part of your crew again, the migrant fleet charges Tally with treason. <laughs> Yay. This is her loyalty mission. And unlike Garrus, where you always get his loyalty, this isn't the case with Tally. As her captain, you must attend the hearing with her and speak on her behalf. Once there, the Admiralty Board tells you that she has sent active Geth back to her father's ship, the Alaray, and he is now presumed dead. They definitely treat her with the respect she deserves and tell her this in private. Oh, wait. No, they don't. Tali, you're accused of bringing active guests to the migrant fleet. What say you? Tali would never endanger the migrant fleet. She pleads not guilty. I left parts and technology for teams to pick up. My father ordered me to do so. But I would never send active guests to the fleet. Everything I sent was disabled and harmless. Then explain how Geth seized the lampship where your father was working. What are you talking about? What happened? Admiral Chorus is a particular brand of asshole. Tally maintains that she only sent parts and tech, not active Geth. And the admirals allow her to attempt to retake the Alari, either to exonerate her or to reward her with a ruling posthumously. They only do this after Shepard yells at them, which is amazing, and I highly recommend it. So the hearing concludes after Tally calls Korish a Boshtet, and they depart for the Alari. This is Chorus is a Boshtet. <laughs> when the board delivers that news to Tally, she's fidgeting and she wrings her hands. 
It's a nervous habit of hers. Tally may be strong, but she doesn't have a lot of self-confidence. A theme for Tally in Mass Effect 1 and the first half of Mass Effect 2 is that she does not hold herself as highly as she holds her people. Her people are everything. This is evidenced by her reactions when you say Vitor and Kal Rieger, and in every conversation with her where you've had to prod her for her opinion, not the fleet's. Her father is an admiral as well, and we can assume that being the daughter of an admiral in the fleet comes with immense pressures. This comes into play as you make your way through the Alarai and discover what Tally's father was doing with the Geth on board. He was conducting highly unethical experiments on the Geth that amounted to war crimes amongst the Corian because he reactivated them in order to study them. Unfortunately, her father died as a result of his experiments. Do you want to get your father back to the shuttle? No. <clears throat> Leave him. The mission comes first. It's what he would have wanted. That seemed a little out of character for Tally, doesn't it? She is someone who has had been willing to go to any lengths to save her people, but she wants to leave her father's body behind? Mm, I think this shows how distant her father was from her while she was growing up. He taught her the extreme loyalty to the fleet that she displays here. When you discover the true nature of her father's experiments, she would rather be exiled herself than tarnish her dead father's name. This goes back to that filial piety I talked about earlier. Keeping her father's name clean helps the fleet, as he was an admiral. But he's also her father, and despite being distant from Tally, she remains loyal. Paragon Shepard can make an impassioned speech to the Admiralty Board in order to help clear Tally's name and keep her father's crime a secret by praising Tally's knowledge and abilities. Or... A renegade ship can just yell enough and make the point that the admirals are being petty with their infighting, and it has nothing to do with Tally at all. Do whatever you want, but leave my crew out of your political bullshit. It's a great fucking line. Either way you yell, compassionately or pissed off, you secure Tally's loyalty. Regardless if you're playing a bro ship or fem ship, this is when you and Tally become besties. Renegade playthroughs get rewarded with this awesome exchange. I can't believe you pulled that off. What you said. It's been a while since anyone shouted down the Admiralty Board. I think it was good for them. Thank you for being there for my father and me. Even when... Thank you. Tell me about what your father said. What he did. You deserve better. I got better, Shepard. I got you. We can still go back in and get you exiled if you want. <laughs> Thanks. But I'm fine with things like this. It's fun watching you shout. Come on, Talizora Vas Normandy. Let's get back to our ship. Thank you, Captain. Thank you, Captain. Tally calling you Captain. So sweet. It's a huge honor and indicative of the respect she's had for you and the loyalty she's developed now. And if you are Baroshep, this is the point where you can romance her. But before we get excited and link our Enviro suits, let's take a mid-break. You ever miss those talks we had on the elevators? No. Come on, remember how we'd all ask you about life on the flotilla? It was an opportunity to shape. This conversation is over. Tell me again about your immune system. 
I have a shotgun. Maybe we'll talk later. <laughs> How did we manage to sneak Garrus onto an episode? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Here are some fun facts about Tally. Tally is apparently supposed to be five foot eight, making her pretty tall for a Corian, as Corians are supposed to be somewhat shorter and slighter build than the average human. It's also interesting that Tally has a somewhat vaguely Slavic accent, given that the other Corians you interact with have Iranian accents, as in the case of Auntie Ron, or received pronunciation British accents, like Admiral Chorus. Admiral Chorus. Admiral. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that accent came from. I swear. You know how many people have told me I'm from Wisconsin? I've never been there because I apparently sound like I'm from Wisconsin. You sound like you're from uh, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't you know? Or that's Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> I've never been there either. Um. Okay. <clears throat> Tally apparently was also almost written out of the third game. Their original plan was to have her in the background, similar to how Liara was in Mass Effect 2. I'm glad they didn't do that, especially for the romance. According to Google, we have Bioware lead writer Patrick Weeks to thank for that. You can also thank them for Dragon Age, as they are the current lead writer on that franchise. So thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick, for saving Tally in 3. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. On to our mundane moment, submitted by Psych88 on the Two Girls One Ship channel of the Robots Radio Discord, about shenanigans that Tally would get up to years down the road. Shepard, where did we put the aerospace grade and aluminum plates? Top shelf. Why? Thank you. And the miniature circuit boards? Where you left them on the soldering table. What are you building, Tally? Oh, yeah, thanks. And the spare Ezo? Tally Zora Shepard Voss Normandy, what are you building? Garrus read some of your Earth literature about angels, and now he wants to fly because of the whole Archangel thing. And he asked for my assistance. That is a terrible idea. Let me get the soldering iron for you. That is accurate. I feel like that would really happen. Right? It's adorable. <laughs> I guess space chickens can fly. <laughs> and on that <laughs> note, let's slam some Benadryl and get down to business with Tally Zora, My Hips Don't Lie, Voss Normandy. I do think we have one other thing to do first, though. Just kidding, I lied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is to thank Toasty and Apollo for being our oh, hopeless... <laughs> <laughs> Not for being our shits. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just terrible at thanking our patrons. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't even put a note in here. Oh, man. Next week's our patron episode. You're going to remember this. I'm so sorry. <gasps> Toasty and Apollo are hopeless romantic patrons. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for being in chat tonight, Apollo. And I will make sure that Toasty is able to join us next week for sure. Uh, right now, we do have the poll up for what you want us, the two girls, and our patrons to talk about on our patreon.com slash two girls one ship. So if a dollar gets you into the exclusive club and you can vote on what we are going to talk about. But I agree that we need to slam an additional dose of Benadryl. 
and we mm-hmm. can get on with Miss Tally's aura. What could I possibly be suggesting? I mean, a young woman gets rescued by a dashing commander who lets her join his crew and then goes off to save the galaxy? How could she possibly develop any kind of interest in him? After completing her loyalty mission, Tally takes on a small fever and tells Shepard what life inside her suit is like. She says that Quarians are in their suits their whole lives and that the most intimate thing they can do with one another is to link their environment suits. It can be dangerous and is considered the most sacred form of trust. Tally accidentally lets it slip that she only trusts Shepard that much. To continue the romance, you must keep Tally's loyalty during her fight with Legion. Although it's more satisfying to keep both of their loyalties by using a (laughs) renegade. Sounds like a birth control. <laughs> um, Renegade. You know what? We'll go with Renegade because Renegade is Renegade and Paragon combined together for those dialogue that options. Par- That's a par- Paragade. Well, okay. So you're a Paragade and I'm a Renegade. Uh, okay, you're right. <laughs> In the next romance scene, Tally confesses that she's been watching Shepard this whole time and has admired him since the early days of fighting Saren. Tally admits that she was afraid to act on her feelings because she was so sure that Shepard couldn't see who she truly was under her mask. Shepard can further their relationship here, but she'll apologize for putting him on the spot, saying she was unprofessional and selfish, that wanting to be with Shepard could jeopardize her ability to help on the mission due to her weak immune system, and that he deserves to be happy with someone else. Once again, here's her Corian upbringing rearing its visor and making her feel guilty for wanting something for herself. Individualistic human Shepherd, however, doesn't have any qualms about having something that they both want, especially given the high likelihood that they won't make it back from this mission alive. He says he's willing to do whatever it takes for them to be together, and that's what she wants. She tells him that she needs to do some research because of how dangerous it is for her to be together with Shepard. She's willing to risk it all to be with him. Not through her suit, though, but for real. If I'm going to be with you, I want it to be real. I need to feel your skin on mine. I've never shown my face to anyone, but I'm ready to show you. Oh my gosh. So good. This line makes it abundantly clear how much she loves Shepard. The mask serves a dual purpose for Tally. While it is an extremely necessary part of her enviro suit, it also means that she has a literal wall up with the rest of society. She doesn't know what Auntie Ron's face looks like, or Vitor's, or Cal Rigar. She's forced to interact with the world through a sterile and unreal way. The generational trauma that undoubtedly arose from this forced way of living for survival is apparent in how big a deal it is for her to reveal her face to Shepard. I mean, we can all kind of relate. It's been hard to wear face masks for the past two years. Can you imagine a suit? I would want to feel skin on skin as well. And that brings us to the romance culmination scene. Mm. It is obvious that Tally has put a lot of thought into this. She knows what she wants and what it'll take to get there. When Tally arrives at the commander's room before the endgame mission, she is visibly nervous on more than one level. 
She's nervous about the health risks. She's nervous about Shepard seeing her face. She's undoubtedly nervous about her first time. There's so much that can go wrong. But just like Garrus, she wants one thing to go right. And just like with Garrus, there is little to break down in this scene. As Tally is explaining the precautions she has taken in order to be with Shepard, they make their way to the commander's bed. Shep is really sweet and takes her hands. Tally babbles on about the fact that she's babbling and explains that since nobody can see her facial expressions, she needs to explain everything. It's adorable if you ask me. The girl's not only a virgin, she's never kissed anyone before. And it's cross-species, and she could die. But this is what she wants. She makes it very clear that this is her decision and takes full ownership of her power to still her racing thoughts and to let her know that this is what Shep wants too. He reaches up and removes her mask. This causes the floodgates to open. Tally reacts immediately and grabs an unsuspecting shepherd by the shoulders and shoves him back onto the bed. Tally has some built up tension. She then straddles the bro and leans into him. The scene fades out with us looking into the face mask from the other side. I really liked it. But being able to see how Tally sees the world while she is seeing how we always see it is a very nice juxtaposition. I have no clue why they didn't want to show us her face. And I really don't have a good explanation for it. So I'm not going to touch it. I mean, I want to touch it. But it's a video game, so I can't. The physical romance between Shepard and Tally is complicated to me. I do not like the fact that literally hours before the most critical mission in the game is about to take place, they decide to do something that might kill her. Miranda made you wait until she wanted it. Garrus had the best reasoning ever. But with Tally... I think maybe a week before the mission would have been a better idea. <sighs> As for a rating on the physical romance between Tally Zora, Voss Normandy, and Commander Bro Shepherd, I would rate it a 5 out of 10. I don't like the idea of high-risk sex with possible permanent issues occurring hours before a critical, life-threatening mission where everyone needs to be at their peak performance level. But it is sweet and romantic, and while there is significantly less physical interaction than what we saw with Miranda, there is a little bit more than what we saw with Garrus. But not by much. I agree. I think the physical aspect is a cute scene, but the potential ramifications are high. But this romance is special. It means so much to Tally to be able to really be with Shepard. This is Tally. Tally who's always been there. She watched Shepard defend the Ferris colonists when no one else would. She watched as Shepard saved the Citadel from the Reaper attack. The attack that she herself tried to warn the council about, and everyone but Shepard dismissed her as just some dumb quarian. She watched when Shepard had to choose one of their own to die at Vermeer. 
She watched as Shepard spoke in her defense against ridiculous charges pressed by the very people she helped save, both in Mass Effect 1 and potentially with the Geth data she could send back at the end of her pilgrimage. She watched as Shepard treated her just like any other member of their crew, like family. Family is interesting to Tally because her mother died young and her father never really showed her love in a way she could interpret to be for her. He loved the Corian people and the migrant fleet and did everything for the fleet, supposedly. Meanwhile, his daughter goes on to do everything for everyone else as well. This love for Shepard is the first thing that's really just for her, just for Tally. Tally's special, an individual amongst Corians. Is it any surprise that the Corians created the Geth so alike in their hive mind and selflessness? But just like Legion, Tally discovers her individual soul by Shepard's side, and I love that for her. I think this romance, at least for Mass Effect 2, is a solid 10 out of 10. I may be heavy-handed with my ratings, but I just love all the love. Oh, I agree. Like, it's a really good romance. It's just not good sex. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay, we don't know if the sex is any good or not, but what we see is not. And that, lovely listeners is where we would usually end our show for the night. But tonight, we have a special guest. We are excited to sit down with fellow video game nerd, Tallymancer, and co-host of the Mass Effect Blue Shift podcast. Please welcome, Psyche! Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Can you tell us your preferred name on the internet and the pronouns that you use? Psyche88, he, him. Thank you. We appreciate that. And we really appreciate you being here tonight. I know that Tally's the bestest and we wanted somebody (laughs) that (laughs) that we've known for a while to be on with here with us here tonight. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. We discussed a lot of things about Tally today. Did you learn anything new? No. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) I've always appreciated how in depth you guys are. I've played that romance about three times, so I'm familiar with it. <laughs> mm. Okay, so is there anything that we missed? Any key factors to the romance or things that would have brought more depth to this? Staying within the confines of Mass Effect 2. We can't count yeah. 3 or anything Citadel related. Right. No. You guys hit all the big points. Like I always appreciated the, the fact Bioware includes so much of that body language with Tally. Like showing her hands ringing. It's kind of the same animation they use for everyone who brings their hands, but they do a lot of it with Tally, and she's much more expressive. It's something one picks up when you have to use your hands a lot or your body a lot to to talk to Mm -hmm. other people. Yeah, I imagine with uh, no facial expressions and who knows what Corian nonverbal communication is like, but they have to exaggerate it so much, I imagine. We talked a lot about body language with Garrus last week, too. I think it's a nice touch that they did to give the aliens some human body language so that we can understand them more. They're not so alien. They're really personified. I feel like that's why everyone falls for them so easily, too, though, because the humans aren't. I I haven't noticed them give as much detail to their body language anyway, because they're humans. So like we can see their faces. We understand their faces They're They say what they mean, but they don't have like little ticks. Yeah. As much. You would think you'd see that with... Ashley or Caden or Miranda, you I mean they do a much better job with like Miranda than they do with 
Ashton and Caden in one with body language. Like, you can see when Miranda gets in her head more than mm-hmm. when she's not. But for Tally, there's a level of full body concentration to communicate the ideas that you're, that she's talking about. Yeah, and I mean, I can even tell, like, when she's walking or pacing and... The hands really are some of the most expressive parts about her because we can't see it in the eyes. So I think, yeah, I agree with that. Do you remember if you picked Tally on your first playthrough? I do. And uh, I did. Like my very first bro chef, you know, the guy I made in 2007, uh, he romance Ash in one, and that was just what I carried over. And what brought me to Tally was actually that line, that whole segment of lines about how disconnected she was from the world by being in the suit. During my most of my teens and a good half of my 20s, I had to wear these real big like sunglasses, and I covered this part of my face, like all of it, because I had an extreme light sensitivity to everything. Hearing another character talk about how someone else how they can experience the world the way everyone else can, it like it really struck home with me because I was disconnected from other people, especially where I live. Like, if you can't see someone's eyes, you can't trust them. All right. So, mm-hmm. couldn't go to the grocery store without people noticing that. That becomes a, becomes a barrier, not just physically, but socially. So, I understood, I, I felt like kinship with that idea that, you know, about Koreans, they're just lying thieves and you know however they get demonized in citadel media or whatever so when she was saying that oh yeah okay my first bro chef actually for three continued that and like broke off with ashley and all of that <laughs> to be like nope now he's watching me. <laughs> yeah once you find your person it's hard to not continue it with them i mean because i've done i've romanced Caden, ashley and Liara in one, I think. I think I've done them all. But then my Feb Shep was just like, nope, I found my Garrus. I'm good. I'm going to keep it this way. But once you find your person that you connect with, and like on my Bro Shep runs, I definitely have, I have two canons that I have found that I'm like, you are my person. And the only reason I would ever pick anybody else is because I do a podcast about video game romances and I really need to go and not do canon runs. Yeah, like for Legendary, I did each Shepherd I made was specifically to do a different romance. <laughs> like, that's, that's the only reason they exist. Psych is an honorary shipster. <laughs> <laughs> so, as someone who's done multiple full playthroughs, is the romance aspect what makes you come back each time? It is one of the reasons to come back. I told you that test, and it, I'm a like hardcore bounty hunter. So one of the other reasons I come back to it is so I can get all the achievements. <laughs> but after that, it's also for the things that aren't rated as trophies, like being able to say, "Yeah, I did a full Miranda romance. I played from beginning to end the whole Ashley romance." Being able to say that and have my own honor for it basically and also being able to experience that story being able to see that i play games for their story i'll make up the choices i can for that story but it's still the story i think there's so much of tally's story i think it's kind of true for all the romances actually but 
for, I mean, we're talking about Tally, so, but right. for Tally, there's so much of her that you wouldn't know about if you didn't romance her, too. It's not like Garrus or Liara, where you're best friends with them, whether or not you romance them, and you can be affectionate and, like, have that close companionship. You're really close with Tally, but basically after her loyalty mission in 2, that's it, you know? <laughs> but if you romance her, you have so much more interaction and you learn so much more about her. You literally get to see her face. So I think that that's one of the best ways to get to know her as a character. Indeed. Yeah. I completely agree with that. It's interesting. It's one of the things they, they held out on the writing side. Yeah. Tally's going to be a good friend, but in order to really learn a little bit more, not just about her, but everything else, you have to romance her. What do you think she looks like? That's that's the first question that popped in my mind. I know they fixed for Legendary Edition, like they fixed the picture. It's not that stock photo. But when you first played through it and you, you know, never got to see her face, like what what did you think she looked like? I mean, it was definitely a a purpley tinted alien, but I, I couldn't really explain what it was I thought was under there. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask, do you think that's why so many people i had no idea how many people adored tally as a romance option because even though i've played this series since it came out i never romanced her but i wondered do you think that people love her so much and do you love her so much because you can kind of put your imagination to use with her there's a lot of her that you don't you don't know what she looks like like i will admit like the first time i played through the the romance in total it was that added mystery of, I would like to know what's under the mask. So, like, part of the romance was also hoping for that eventual payoff. It took a little bit longer than, you know, the the initial part to get to that. <laughs> but I think that there's an air of mystery. And on some level, you know, we all like mystery, you know? And so the idea that you, the player, are also working towards unraveling that i think it plays into it i love that i think that that's definitely part of the allure is i can't see it but i know i want it yep i think that kind of wraps it up for tonight unless you've got anything else about the tallymance that you want to add to it (laughs) how do you do you agree with our ratings me giving the physical Uh, aspect of five out of ten and v giving the actual lovey-dovey ten out of ten yeah, I, I do. I, I think Bioware played it on the safe side for it because they were kind of playing with a lot of unknowns and they had already received so much backlash before 2 came out for, for Jack. And I get the feeling they were really being like, okay, we're going to introduce this concept and we're going to see where that goes. And I mean, there could have been a thousand other reasons why programming, you know, you've got to store that information somewhere. We didn't get female Turians until three just because of modeling problems, right? I said that's because Turians can't have titties. <laughs> There's a, there was a combination of things going on that that limits what they could have done for a romantic. So I agree. It, it's the safe. They make up for it in writing it in the dialogue and the choices that you can make and everything else, which is like what Verbata uh, hits on with the 10 out of 10. Like, it's it's a little bit of a give and take. I agree. We had a comment in chat that asked, thanks, Cloudy, what's your favorite tally quote? Like, 
Well, there, what immediately comes to mind is the 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 romance. You know, totally worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, should have played that clip. I think that's the name but, of the episode, right? <laughs> Tally, totally worth it. Oh, actually, yeah. That's I haven't picked a name, but that's it now. Um, <laughs> but also. I'm terrible about like quoting quotes, but it's oh, when fine. she's making the impassioned speech about not being able to touch things, kiss another person. When I you know, was 2010, right, I was feeling hurt as a person, and so being able to see something, you know, another character talk about something that most of the nation doesn't really care about, that ran home for me. Tally's your girl. How's my girl? That's. I think we're good for the night. So, if you like what you're hearing, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes or give us a rating on Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me in our Two Girls One Ship chat on the Robots Radio Discord channel and come give us a follow on all the social medias and on Patreon at Two Girls One Ship. Links to those are in the description. I'm on the Robots Radio Discord as well. And also be sure to check out our live stream on Twitch and YouTube on Fridays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Our podcast episodes release on Mondays because you need at least one good thing on a Monday. Check out the description for all links if you're interested. Psych, do you have anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, of course. Um... There's the Mass Effect Blue Shift tabletop RPG podcast I do. We are continuing to record episodes, and I'm working with my audio guy on a timetable to start putting those episodes out. I'm hoping to have one out by the end of the month. <laughs> That's fantastic. We are eagerly awaiting the next episode. I'm going to have to go back and listen to the first one again. You can't. What? <laughs> I will. Okay. Thanks for listening, and remember... Beauty is in the eye of the controller. Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.